We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, my people, what's up? Thank you for tuning in. We have NFL football to discuss. The Dallas Cowboys will be traveling to Levi Stadium Thursday. San Francisco 49ers week one of the preseason. It's going to be on NFL Network. The whole country is going to be watching. It's that late night 10 o'clock NFL game. You don't get those on a Thursday night. I think eyeballs will be on this little matchup. I think it was a good little scheduling bit there by the NFL Network. We have a lot to discuss. I mean, we have a game to preview. Players are going to make plays and potentially make this roster. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch about to have some tough decisions. There could be a random cut or two that surprises, and we're going to get evidence of that Thursday night. Before we get to the game, training camp has just been a success for the 49ers. I mean, recapping it, Jimmy Garoppolo has looked great. Nobody has gotten injured that's seriously out for the season. Dante Pettis has emerged. Marquise Goodwin looks like a number one wide receiver, picking up where he left off in December. There's been some struggles with Mike McGlinchey, and Richard Sherman pulled a hamstring. It raises a few question marks we can get into there. But overall, I mean, yeah, you have Adrian Colbert looks good. Fred Warner looks good. DeForest Buckner looks good. Solomon Thomas is getting rave reviews. This is happening for 32 other teams around the league, too, but... 
halfway through training camp here, dog days. There hasn't been too much to report from Niners camp. I think that's good. I mean, Pettis has been the big revelation. That was kind of last week's big story. Now it's let's get these guys on the field. Let's sort out some position battles and figure out who this football team is. KJ Podcast, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Share with a friend. It's that important. We're going to have to do this grassroots, and I need you guys now that it's football season. Shoot this in an email. Send this. DM this on Twitter to someone. We're here, San Francisco 49ers analysis. I think we talk about things differently. I'd like to give you a unique perspective. Looks like Joshua Garnett, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, Richard Sherman will be out Thursday, still determining who else will be. I mean, that trio right there, Garnett, Armstead, Jimmy Ward, the bulky holdovers, it doesn't feel like those three are going to be on this football team very much longer. Garnett, Kyle Shanahan's been kind of questioning why he hasn't been out there. There's been second opinions on his knees, had it surgically operated on. Remember, last season was a redshirt year. They didn't have to put him on IR very early. And Garnett played his rookie year under Chip Kelly. He wasn't bad at right guard. Like He was not a disaster as a rookie, but he just has not gelled. I said I wouldn't be shocked if he's traded. You're right, maybe a fourth-round pick was too much. If you can get a fifth-round pick for Joshua Garnett, you just saw the Browns unload a first-round pick, Corey Coleman, for a seventh-round conditional pick. He's lost all his value, and he's not in training camp right now, and his stock is very cooled. Maybe they do keep him, but if he can't play, yeah, they're going to have to figure out right guard there. That's that's one key issue headed into the preseason. Jonathan Cooper hasn't played that much. Mike Person has been there. That's um, an important position because it's going to be helping out McGlinchey. Armstead, I think this is kind of an issue here because you've got a seventh rounder, Julian Taylor, who every day apparently has been standing out. It's hard to stand out all the time as a D lineman. Seventh round pick from Temple, 6'5", 280 pounds. He played a lot inside at Temple, but Julian Taylor... NFL.com says well-muscled, athletic build with good lean muscle mass. Ran a 4.840, 31 lifts on the bench press. Very active as a tackler, 41 stops and just 46% of the snaps. So he wasn't playing a ton. He was more of a rotational guy. And, and when I say, when I tweet Julian Taylor might be a starter, I mean he might be getting majority of the snaps over Armstead. You still rotate him in. But if Julian Taylor has a good preseason and Armstead doesn't play, Kyle Shanahan has always said, this is not about the money, it's about winning football games. If Julian Taylor is good at defending the run and getting in gaps and disruptive, I mean, make no mistake, this is a key time Eric Armstead is missing right now. He did not get to play himself into football shape. He's just awkwardly tall. He gets uh, stuck in the washing machine. That's what Mike Pettin always used to say in meetings with the Browns. Those tall guys, they can't get their pad level low. And in the run game, the O-lineman gets leverage underneath them and just lifts them up. And it's not holding. And he's got control of you. And that's what's been happening to Armstead. He's had a couple great games on film. At Seattle last year stands out. But he's been banged up a lot. He's banged up in training camp. Uh, Not good right now. We didn't even mention Ronald Blair, who, kind of like Joshua Garnett, he, he came on strong with Chip Kelly and then couldn't really find his way too much last year. I mean, he... He saw some snaps, but I think Ronald Blair, if he had a great preseason and Julian Taylor didn't, I'm cool with Ronald Blair also taking Eric Armstead's spot. I think that's an open competition at defensive end right now. I don't care if Armstead's a first-round pick. I don't care if he's making $8 million this year. 
I care about who's going to be stopping the run and providing us consistency at that big defensive end spot. So you got Garnett, you got Armstead. Jimmy Ward has been banged up. He's making the roster just because he's insurance right now with Richard Sherman's health. Like Jimmy Ward, they might even sit him out most of the preseason because they actually need him healthy. And you're a couple injuries away from it being Jimmy Ward and, and Greg Mabin, unless you want to throw Tarvarius Moore out there as a rookie. But um, Jimmy Ward, you're going to need him. He's out. Richard Sherman's obviously out. So I think corner is actually going to be a boom or bust spot early in the season. I think corners are going to get picked on early. The Niners will be able to stop the run some, but they're going to throw right at Richard Sherman. They're going to throw right at Akilah Witherspoon. Maybe it's just me, but Akilah Witherspoon's been getting beat quite a bit. It's not like there's bad receiving cores around the NFL. Most teams normally have two receivers they are going to throw right at you. I don't want to sound alarm bells as there's actually fire trucks outside my apartment right now in San Francisco, but I see the corners getting picked on early in the year. I see like interceptions and then making stops sometimes, but I see them getting beat and teams being able to score 24 points against the 49ers, especially Pat Mahomes and Phillip Rivers week three and week four. You get Ruben Foster back. We have to see everything. We haven't seen this version of the Niners defense. It should look and feel different than last year, but just looking around at some of these injuries, that that's what sticks out to me. Julian Taylor sticks out. Ronald Blair. Yeah, I have just not dug deep into Jeremiah Atachu and Cassius Marsh because they are who they are. They each don't have a long track record. There's not much to dig into. You can't take these practice reps like, wow, this guy's really improved. He looks really lean. He's doing great in the weight room. Coaches are saying great things. Who are they not saying great things about? Very few people. Like Joshua Garnett is one. They're praising everyone right now. So it's tough for me to figure out until I see these guys on the field. The 49ers essentially didn't add any pass rushers but are counting on Chris Kiffin to scheme this up differently. The son of Monty Kiffin, the brother of Lane Kiffin. He knows the Tampa scheme really well. He's close, I'm guessing, with John Lynch. I would guess John Lynch had a lot to do with that hire. Remember, they had Ken Norton in here who is of a defensive coordinator level. I think Ken Norton was going to add a lot to the meeting room, especially about blitzing and using pass rushers differently. And then they brought in Chris Kiffin as their second choice. They're counting on him with the same exact personnel and Atachu and Solomon Thomas being better. We haven't touched the pass rush and I'm so annoying about it. I'm like a mom and you're the fourth grader and you're like, KJ, shut the fuck up about the pass rushing. But I mean, it's coming to a forefront now. It's August, it's preseason. It would be great if they got sacks. We've seen that before. Marcus Rush not get rewarded for it. So we don't even know what the coaches are exactly looking for here. I've always been, this is my thing about the pass rush. 49ers fans are obsessed with pressures and PFF keeps track of pressure. Sometimes pressures lead to big plays. Sometimes not knocking the quarterback down is a bad thing. Like pressures didn't automatically mean the 49ers defense was good last season. They were in December. They had a lot of lapses, especially early in the year. That Indianapolis game, even Cam Newton early in the year, dicing him up. They got exposed at all three levels last year at various times. They shored things up collectively, but just looking individually and putting these pieces together, there's going to be holes on this defense. There's no way they're going to be a top 10 unit this year. And I love a lot of the pieces on the defense. They just, they're, they're going to have to play together more. There is star power, but there's, there's holes too. It's a big night for Malcolm Smith. 
I let off this podcast saying there could be a surprise cut. And Malcolm Smith looks slow, and he's not making plays. And Fred Warner looks legit. I think Brock Coyle might miss this game. That's kind of unfortunate. This is a really good time for him to get some good, valuable reps. If Brock Coyle does come in later in the preseason and looks better than Malcolm Smith, you're going to start Brock Coyle and Fred Warner to start the year. You might move on and keep Corey Toomer. I don't think that's out of the question. Or you might be able to flip Malcolm Smith for a sixth or seventh round pick. Teams get desperate with an injury. He's been in the league before. He's a, he's a, he's a body. I'm expecting him to be okay and make a few plays and miss a few plays. And you're just going to start him to start the year. And then it's going to be clear it's going to be Fred Warner and Ruben Foster right away. And he's a good backup to have. I mean, you want depth. So I wouldn't be shocked if he got cut. I think he ends up making it, but he's definitely something to watch. Tyvis Powell or Greg Maben, one of those two could end up making the roster. It depends on what they do with D-line. They're going to keep one D-lineman or corner. Depends on who sticks out. If one of them makes a couple picks and is playing, well, I know Jeff Hathley. He will stand on the table for someone. He will argue for his guys. If he thinks it's a good fit in the room, we need depth. Richard Sherman's banged up. Jimmy Ward's banged up. Akilo's in his second year. I would assume one of those two is going to make it. So, yeah, that's defense against Dallas. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know terribly a ton about the Cowboys' backups. KD Cannon is on their roster, though, that heralded undrafted guy last year, wide receiver. They're going to give him some run. Um, Taco Charlton's a young player that the Cowboys are looking to – Show off. Leighton Van Esch was their draft pick at linebacker. I mean, their linebacking core, the Cowboys, is so legit. If he works out, Jalen Smith and Sean Lee. But yeah, that's defense. Offense is a big deal. If you remember week one of the preseason last year, it was against the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. Kendrick Bourne popped off. He had four for 88 and a touchdown. C.J. Beathard looked really good. Raheem Mostert had 15 carries, 89 yards. People made the team that night. That was a big coming out party for several guys. So if someone can translate a good training camp into really tangible, okay, they're doing this against another team, live scripted plays. They read when the cover three, they were supposed to pivot this way. Kyle is grading everyone very heavily. The assistant coaches have instructions. I mean, it's, it's easy to watch this film. And then you get back into watching film again as a team. You have other teams to look at. I mean, it just comes at a great time. They're they're sick of banging each other. I expect it to be physical. Yeah, offensively, I mean, it's Joe Williams against Raheem Mostert at this point. Let's be clear. They're not going to keep four running backs. I think that's absurd to kind of do that. If you kept Joe Williams and didn't play him like another red shirt year for this guy, are you this obsessed with him? But he can't get on the field now. So he's either going to make it and be good on special teams and have a great preseason, no fumbles, they love what he's doing in the film room afterwards. He translates it to practice. Or he could, he could get caught or traded, hopefully, for a seventh-round pick. That's what John Lynch would try to do. If I had to pick now, I think I might lean Mostert. Joe Williams has an uphill battle. He's got to be 
flawless pretty much any one of his mistakes are under the microscope at this point he's a fourth round pick kyle stood on the table for him because it is kyle and his reputation with running backs that does put more pressure on joe williams because matt Breida is already way better than him that puts pressure on joe williams because raheem moser can do more he's just in a bad spot here because they spent 30 million on jet mckinnon he's running out of chances Joe Williams has his back against the wall. Can he wiggle out and run for a 65-yard touchdown? He might be able to. I give him a 20% chance of making the roster. It could go up higher. We'll see what he does against the Cowboys. I'll lean Raheem Mostert at this point. Yeah, I mean, Dante Pettis, I don't know how much he's going to play. I would like for him to play in the first half and get his feet wet that way as a second-round pick right away. If he's looking this good and Kyle's like, oh, let's let's throw him out there. At least a couple reps, maybe a target. I'd like to see him run while Jimmy Garoppolo's on the field. I think that would be worth it. Um, yeah, the other battle is kind of Richie James versus Aaron Burbridge. Burbridge, a Chip Kelly leftover, bulky leftover, 2016 draft pick out of Michigan State. He's hung around. I did not have him making the roster initially as a rookie coming in that year. Richie James has the movement skills, the Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis. It's this unique movement that Kyle Shanahan likes. That's why I think he has the upper hand. It could come down to playmaking here. I don't think Richie James is going to be very effective at special teams, too. He's listed at 5'9", 5'10", at most. Now, Aldrick Robinson learned how to play it. You can, over time, become a smaller special teams guy that still can cover kickoffs, can cover punts. Um, Aaron Burbridge is good at that. He's one of the better gunners as a young guy coming in. And he'll be, it'll be tough to cut as a sixth receiver here because you're, you're counting on Kendrick. Bourne is your fifth. Trent Taylor is your fourth. Dante Pettis is your third. Marquise Goodwin, your second. Pierre Garçon, first. So, I mean, I think it's clear the Niners are keeping six receivers. That's what's crazy. Most teams will keep five around the league. It's already a slam dunk that the Niners have to keep six. It's like they're deciding between a sixth and a seventh right now. That's how much Kyle loves interchangeability. And it's not about, oh, we had two guys with 80 catches. It's really about we are putting a guy in for a matchup week five against the Cardinals. And we're going to make a play. Kyle can come up with a play call in May and then implement it once in training camp. And then it, it is for a certain week, a certain matchup, a certain way a corner plays zone press coverage, a certain call on a defensive coordinator. He's scheming chess moves that far ahead in advance. As George Kittle said, my boy Nick Wagner had that quote, Kyle, one route you can run 50 different ways, depending on the coverage, depending on the depth, depending on the down it's information overload, and it's hoping that you don't let the coaching paralyze you. We've overprepared you. You can figure it out. That's his method. Don't leave any gray area. Everything is covered. Overcover everything and move quickly. I think what Kyle, his teaching style from everything I gather is we're not going to focus like hours on one thing at a time. Let's move quickly. Let's take quizzes. Let's make sure we understand the information. Let's I mean, it is school. Kyle is like the lead professor teaching a different brand of football than most everyone's used to. As Joe Staley said last year, he couldn't believe how articulate it is. And that's, just, that's not one meeting. That's the whole culture. Kyle has made it a brainiac culture. If you want to play in the 49ers, it's like smart football. 
It's ahead of the times. Robert Sala has had quotes this week too. That's been a big revelation at training camp. This is like 49ers Academy. This is like graduate school for football. And it's it's so cool to be a part of. And I always mention the QB Collective stuff that I am involved with. Richmond Flowers, Sean McVay's involved. Kyle has been involved in years past. And it's about kind of like changing football, the way people think about it. Quick concepts, learning, knowing more, um, and, and making it fun to learn and making it like let's challenge and like grow from it and create new concepts based off of this, what's working, what's not. It's, um, it's innovative. It's, it's fun to cover. We get to talk about one of the brightest innovative minds. We get to see it on the field Thursday against the Cowboys previewed offense, defense, special teams. You're going to have Robbie Gould. I mean, Kyle has said there is a competition for Bradley Pinion, Jeff Locke from UCLA. I mean, I've heard virtually nothing from him, but Every now and then, it's good to push your punter. Pinion's a pretty damn good one. He he booms them pretty high. Um, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking at. Julian Taylor, Malcolm Smith, possibly on the bubble. Tyvis Power, Greg Maven. Who has the breakout game? Who has the Kendrick Bourne game? Who? Ha- How good does C.J. Beathard look? Can he keep the ball clean? No interceptions. Let's execute. Let's not get sacked. He had an issue holding on to the football too long last year that I think Kyle, want to, he want to work and correct that. So look for that with C.J. Beathard. Joe Williams versus Raheem Mostert at running back. Richie James versus Aaron Burbridge at receiver. It's going to be a combination of those four. Two of those four are going to make it. They're not going to keep seven receivers. So one running back, one of those receivers. Then let's get Dante Pettis in with Jimmy G just a little bit. You're not playing Pierre Garcon much. Let's get Dante Pettis in the first quarter, out there on the outside and see what it looks like and do a little shiftiness. Quick pattern. Don't throw anything on the table. Kyle won't, but I want to see this. I want to get comfortable with this. I want Jimmy G to know that that's there, what that looks like with his eyesight. I think there's some. There's a lot of things to take away. I didn't mention Ronald Blair on the defense. Um, you know, the, the third and fourth quarter does get a little tough to watch, but Adrian Colbert was playing third and fourth quarter last year. All of a sudden, that tape, they're like, you know what? Let's give him a chance. Tart goes down. Jimmy Ward goes down. Actually, you know what? Let's throw him deep. Adrian Colbert has really good football skills. He has anticipation skills. He can read the field really well. He's got good vision. Playing free safety in this scheme is you need to see the guy on the actual football field, not just the practice field. So Julian Taylor, I think he's going to play in the first half. But there could be some other guys late who emerge. I mean, Chancellor James has always been that guy for me as as a safety. He stuck out. I'm watching Tarverius more, obviously. I think he'll play most of the second half. It's a new position. Get him the reps. Even if he's getting burned, who cares? Leave him out there. Uh, haven't heard much from Marcel Harris, the draft pick. I, he's your practice squad guy. It would not make sense, I think, to keep him. Jimmy Ward is just such a weird piece. You could call him a safety, kind of. He really can play. He's playing anywhere. Play nickel outside or free safety. I don't think he could ever play strong. They could be stubborn about that and try him there. But, um, you know, Cole Wick got banged up. I'm looking at Cole Hicatini when he'll get in. There's a lot to figure out about this football team. You're going to hope Selleck and Kittle stay healthy all year, but Hikatini could have a much bigger role. 
and he's a good pass catcher. Backup O-line, I think they're going to end up carrying three O-linemen for backups. Gary Gilliam um, will be one. I believe Eric Magnuson, they're going to just keep riding that thing out. He's got versatility. Um, I don't know where Mike Person and Jonathan Cooper fit in. You all, you have J.P. Flynn, who they just gave some more money to. Backup O-line is pretty boring. We haven't mentioned one starter who... Probably shouldn't be starting, but they they love him. Eli Harold. I'd like to see him play majority of the first half here and just get some good reps in. Dakota Watson's his backup there. Sam linebacker is a position of upgrade on this defense and could be a hole. And why Julian Taylor's really important and Solomon Thomas. The big end is very important in the run game, and so is the Sam linebacker. And that's Eli Harold, and that's Julian Taylor. Teams run to the right side. That's the that's a big deal. KJ Podcast. We are wrapping things up here. That's what to look for in the preseason. Hope I gave you some good points. Want to touch on the Richard Sherman thing because it could become a big deal. I don't think he rushed back to get on the field, but I don't know if he was fully ready. And the 49ers have a thing about doing this where they cleared Reuben Foster's shoulder and no other team would. Now they've thrown Richard Sherman on the field. Was it too early? He did look a little slow. Was he actually ready? They didn't want to start off on a bad note with his contract. They have plenty of money. It's like, it's a weird thing. It's a weird medical thing that the 49ers have kind of created. And I don't think it's a huge deal, but it seems like they're more willing to clear people than they are hold them back. I'm trying to think of a situation where they've held people back. And even Kyle, like, putting pressure on Joshua Garnett to get out there, like, I'm not saying it's a negative culture with injury. It's just, it's, like, kind of fascinating how they handle them. It seems like, to me, there's other teams who are more cautious around the league with injuries. People are getting vet days and et cetera. It's not like they're, I thought Chip Kelly and Trent Baalke, the way they handled Colin Kaepernick coming up three surgeries and throwing him right out there without limited reps. Like, that was so careless. I don't think the 49ers are being careless with injuries, but it seems like they're, they are a little muscle strained out right now. They do go very hard in the weight room. I'm interested in how much sports science that they're merging with stuff. I, I guarantee it's a lot. But you do have – I've mentioned it last time. Miles Garrett sat out. They're looking at soft muscle tissue early in the season. There's always a lot of hamstrings. In training camp, is there a way to prevent this? Um, you know, just something to look at. And Richard Sherman, not saying other teams wouldn't clear him. No, I don't want to. They've got a good medical staff with the 49ers. I'm not trying to call them out at all. I think it's interesting. It was a scenario where they didn't want to deny Richard Sherman the money, so maybe he shouldn't have been on the field, but they also let him trust his body and he's coming back from stuff where he hasn't pushed this hard before. It's a really delicate thing. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here, but it seems like the 49ers have been on the oh play side. Let's not be cautious. Maybe they switch next training camp. They're, they're more kid gloves with guys. Then again, Kyle values this time of being on the field and raising level of competition. And when veterans sit out, the energy isn't the same when it's all young guys out there on the vet days. There's, Kyle has to remind everyone, yo, what are we doing? Let's get our shit together. Like, so those days do happen. Um, yeah, this football team's fun. It's fun to talk about. 
I, if you're still listening, I assume you like things I say about the NFL. So I always reserve the last couple minutes here to the Browns and Redskins, the two other teams I covered. Cleveland is going to be on hard knocks. I'm fascinated to see how they tell the story. Living in Cleveland, it is so much about the city. Like it's like a college town. They have so much pride in like the civility. Like we're civic, we're together, like we're in this thing together. We wear our team stuff all the time. Like school spirit. Like Cleveland has school spirit. So I, I bet there's a lot of shots of fans and the city than you typically get in a hard knocks because they they are the Browns. It's like part of the story. It's kind of, it's weird that way. It's not that way here. It's not that way in DC at all. There's way more of a local connection in Cleveland. It feels more like a college town there. Jeez, like no players are on the roster that I was, I was there in 2014, 2015. There's a handful of players, Joel Batonio, Edgard, Duke Johnson, Christian Kirksey, really good inside linebacker, underrated, um, it's crazy the amount of turnover. We've all seen the stat this week. I think Field Yates was the first to tweet it. No first round draft pick. What is it from 2012 on? Is or is it oh no? It's like 2009. There's no first round draft pick on this Browns roster. They have not developed any talent at all. I was there during the glory year seven and nine. It was a thrill ride. They started seven and four that year. Mike Pettin was lighting the league on fire. Brian Hoyer was so serviceable. Kyle was dicing teams up with the running game. It was really fun to watch. That O-line was actually really good with Alex Mack and Joe Thomas. Looking back on it, they were like winning games up front. Yeah, so I'm pumped to see them on Hard Knocks. I worked inside the building, so I they've already remodeled it twice. The Cleveland Browns are changing constantly. They're never not changing. Like They don't have stability. It's, it's wild for me to cover a team with stability after covering the Redskins, too. For like five years there, it was so turbulent. So to see like, Kyle and John Lynch back. Jimmy G's back. This is the routine. Like this is the setup. Like things are actually set up. I'm not used to that. The team I grew up with was constantly changing coaches, constantly changing quarterbacks. Obviously, the Browns are are a train wreck. Yeah, the Redskins fans think they're going to make the playoffs. They think Geis is going to come in and add a dimension to the running game. Paul Richardson at receiver. Jordan Reed, if he can ever stay healthy, is a top five tight end. I think he plays like 10 games, though. I bet he's he's got toes. He's got hips. He's got any injury you can have Jordan Reed has had. I, I remember I suggested in the offseason taking a gander at Jordan Reed for a third-round pick. I, I would have been into that, but he's fragile. And I think Colt, Kyle drafted him, and I think Kyle ultimately was like, we, we just can't trust him to stay healthy. It's... It's that big of a deal with them. Ryan Kerrigan is one of the most underrated defensive players. I don't love their defense, though. They have Josh Norman um, in the secondary, DJ Swearinger. Apparently, those two don't get along very well. They've drafted John Allen and Deron Payne the last two first rounds. I mean, they've beefed up. They're supposedly supposed to be good up front. That's the Redskins' MO. They're going to beat you up front, have a smarter quarterback than you. I don't know if that's enough in the NFC. KJ Podcast. We delivered you a 49ers preview positional battles at receiver and and running back that could end up mattering i'm enjoying it we're talking real football the tweets on the scene from the reporters have been great in santa clara it's been fun to converse we're it's football season it's it's fucking here we'll recap the game friday so yeah it'll be cowboys thursday night nfl network then it'll be joint practices in Houston with the Texans. Play the Texans week two of the preseason. 
at Colts week three. We're going to have Mike Pence walk out of that game. Is there, are there going to be political stunts in Indianapolis? And then uh, 49ers will come home that fourth preseason game against the Chargers. The throwaway game, the please let's make it out, non-injured. I've seen Sam Bradford tear an ACL in a preseason game against Cleveland. He was with the Rams at that point. Um, I've seen some shitty things happen in preseason games. Let's hope the theme for the 49ers continue as I let off this podcast. Great in training camp, no injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo looks good. The feedback is good. The team's growing. Marquise Goodwin is a stud. He could be rising up fantasy drafts. He could be an 80-catch guy. I think Pierre is going to matter so much more, but it'll be interesting to see who has more catches of those two. If they're both healthy all year, it could be closer than people think. KJ Podcast, that was our episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, subscribe on iTunes, share this podcast, share to a buddy, your uncle, you grew someone you grew up watching the Niners with and you're like, you know what, I'm listening to this pod. You're not into podcasts, you should get into them once a week, get info on the team, and I'm not suffering through all the radio commercials and all the bullshit. KJ Podcast, we'll talk to you again Friday after the game. Peace. the high fashion hotline hi my family has big plans for labor day weekend but our outfits aren't measuring up then get to old navy old navy yep old navy's huge labor day sale is on now get 50 percent off all jeans 50 percent off all dresses 50 percent off all tees and 50 percent off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family 50 percent off all those styles that's a big deal so is this style start at just six bucks at old navy and old navy.com change of plans we're spending the weekend at old navy high fashion old navy valid 830-93 excludes in-store clearance active licensed and men's package tees Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.